Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, Mm-hmm. You know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- I a bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, Organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle Recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knutson crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and my... <laughs> um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about. But I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no rollback waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, Me Undies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at meundies.com slash roses. That's meundies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. Me undies. 
comfort from the outside in. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, looking back, it's just kind of disappointing because you see me coming as this strong, confident, smiley girl. And in the first 24 hours, I was just completely tore down. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and we've just watched the strangest women tell all that I have ever seen. (laughs) It had a tone and a feel unlike any other in the history of our beloved game, and we are going to break that down for you. They edited out someone, not the person you would think. We're going to get to the weird phantom Heather Martin that was attending this Women Tell All, of course. And we're going to get to everybody who had a hot seat and everything that was said by DLH and everything that was said by Matt James. Before we get into the game breakdown, we do want to take a moment to acknowledge the latest piece of news that has rocked Bachelor Nation this week. A very, very long list of extremely harmful tweets from Taylor Nolan's past was unearthed in which she targets many different communities. They are incredibly disturbing and disappointing. We will be breaking down this story on Thursday's Twibbon episode, but we do want to send out our support to everyone in the pit who was greatly affected by all of this week's unbelievably painful events as we were And we hope that Nolan holds herself accountable as she does for others. Indeed, Nolan's tweets were incredibly difficult to read. And it seems like almost every day now in Bachelor Nation, something is happening that's difficult to read, difficult to hear, difficult to see. And we are going to be covering Taylor Nolan's tweets as well as a whole bunch of other stuff in that category on This Week in Bachelor Nation on Thursday. But this episode is going to be about gameplay. And the game that was played is called The Women Tell All. This is, in some cases, your last chance as a player to show the producers why you deserve an invitation to sand. In some cases, this will be the last time these players will ever be in front of a camera again. And in some cases, it is your last best argument for being the crown sometimes they announce on women tell all sometimes they announce on after the final rose sometimes they announce on good morning america or in a random instagram post after black lives matter movement that's matt james etc no matter where it's (laughs) announced though it will be announced and there was some very interesting stuff by way of different edits that certain players were getting on their hot seats that made it very clear to me who was already selected as the bachelorette, at least as of the airing of, or the shooting of this episode that we saw. (laughs) So we're going to get into all of it and that's where it's going to start. So we might as well just begin it. This is what you came here for. And now Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. 
we open with a preview of what's to come. DLH, it's a shocking women tell all. They're going to talk about the escort rumor. They are going to, we're going to see Victoria crying. And then we see DLH at the time of this recording and a Chiron on the screen previously recorded on February 4th, 2021. We've probably seen a Chiron that this was previously recorded or that this was taped live or something like that, but never. This is the specific date. This is exactly where we were in terms of the racism scandal when this was shot. Before we even get to that, can I just say, when this episode started, Uh I was so fucking tuned up watching it like, oh, fuck, what am I about to see? I just couldn't wait. And I was so fucking drilled into this. That when his voice came on, the first thing you hear is Dark Lord Harrison going, a shocking women tell all. But the tone in which he said it, I swear to you, at least as I heard it, was Uh softer than usual. It was less excited. (laughs) And I was like, did they fucking re-record this motherfucker's VO (laughs) to make him like less aggressive? I seriously was like, it's fucking possible. I mean, I don't know. Sounds like it. <laughs> I literally just choked on my mouth. <laughs> tone gate? You think they re-recorded it for his tone? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. Look, I know. It's fucking insane. I, I mean, uh, <laughs> but you know, I've said way crazier shit than that. Phantom Night Ones and all kinds you of absolutely shit. absolutely have said way, way crazier stuff than that. Remember when you thought... Dale and Claire were going to get married halfway through that season. Totally. Wedding game. I still think it's going to (laughs) happen. You know what? You're just like kit in the woods. Time is a flat circle. I just ultimately I fell on the final decision. Like how much effort is it for them to do that? None. Chris Harrison, uh, we need you to remotely Mm. re-record this voiceover now. He's going to do anything they ask, obviously. And it's like, will that potentially save us? Yes, because you have to think like all the producers, all the marketing people, all the legal people, everybody at ABC, they're for the past week, 24 hours a day has been spent on how the fuck are we going to air this woman tell all? Every possible precaution will have been taken in terms of editing, redoing audio if they can, anything to shave any possible fucking little thing that's sticking out, shave that down and make it a nice smooth pill for us all to swallow. I think it's the exact same meeting where they put together that little statement that the Bachelor Nation Instagram put out today by the executive producers finally addressing the Rachel Lindsay situation. Again, we won't talk about this on Thursday, but I was wondering if we were going to see a little Chiron, and we did. And that Chiron to me was like, I feel like he's done. I feel like those words were right there. Ugh. <sighs> hard to come back from we saw the chiron on celebrity wheel of fortune he was just on that earlier yeah. this week and they also had a chiron that said this was shot in december of 2020 and i bet he won't be back on celebrity wheel of fortune <laughs> i don't think so i agree i think that's his swan song but the, that chiron is just the network's way of absolving themselves look <laughs> when we mm-hmm. shot this we didn't know he was going to be embroiled in a giant racism scandal It was the lens of February 4th, 2021. 
now that we know we're still going to air all of this footage, we just want you to know that when we shot it, we didn't know. But now we know, but we're still going to air it because we have to make money. It's just that one little sentence that alleviates yeah. any wrongdoing they may be culpable of in any of this situation. Oh, God, it's crazy. And that's how this show started for me. I was like, they're redoing his voice and they're trying to get out of... 1,000% already into Toad Gate right off the bat. (laughs) (laughs) It truly is Toad Gate. Jesus fucking Christ. Oh my God. But look, when you're in this fucking shit deep, when you're digging around in this bottom of this pit, I'm sorry. Yes. I'm watching it for these things. I know. And clues, I'm going to tell you. For anyone to notice that difference, it would be you or I having just completed the hyper binge, having watched a million women tell alls, and we know the tone that he usually has, which is like, our most dramatic season ever. A shocking women tell all. This one was like this. A shocking women tell all. (laughs) It was. His voice is totally muted and and soft. Any look, we can all go back and watch it on fucking Hulu or wherever you got it. Just listen to his first lines of voiceover on those bumpers because they are soft. Anyway, moving on past well, the Chiron in the first <laughs> 0.5 seconds of the episode. DLH says it's oh, a very Christ. special, very intimate episode, a wild season, explosive drama. By the way, he says it's a lot of firsts. They never refer to him as the first Black Bachelor. Never. They don't even call him Black ever. Do you believe that was edited out? Oh, my God. This is going to ruin this whole episode. (laughs) Because that's kind of the marquee. That's the identity of this season, you know? Right. It's not now. Now the identity of this season is Dark Lord Harrison and Rachel Kirkconnell and that whole scandal. But prior to it, Certainly, that was the identity of it. And I think they definitely had that conversation and they cut it. Oh, my gosh. These are the, you know, you want to talk about baloney shows. You want to talk about missing hooju footage, Phantom Night 1. I want the raw footage for this, the women tell all. I think there's oh some fascinating God. shit in it. At the, I mean, fucking Heather Martin. We haven't even really gotten to that. We can just, let's address that right now, actually, because I don't know when a good spot yeah. is narratively. Like, there's a couple of shots of her that pop up throughout this entire Women Till All. They are all shots that are from the back so that you just see the back of her hair. She's sitting behind Katie Thurston next to Kit Keenan with all the other players. We never see a shot of her face straight on other than in the blooper reel which is like a shot from the actual show, from the document when she was having a conversation with Matt James and a cameraman falls down or something. And then we see a couple of shots that they can't paint her out of, these like wider shots uh, of all the players. Just the back of her hair. Yeah. So what the fuck was she doing there? Um, first of all, really important for me to address, Heather Martin completely cut out of this episode. The Only the back of her head we saw was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. We, 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 we,
<laughs> for real though, like they, they make her quarantine for whatever. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. They at least <laughs> said that they're making her quarantine to come on the show. And then they, you know, allegedly make her quarantine to come on this show. They don't even show her fucking face, let alone give her a line of dialogue. Why? Every other person spoke, right? Yeah. I think so. They cut her out on purpose. And I'm like... I don't know. Did she say something that was like too revelatory about the game or something? Or did she maybe talk badly about the producers? Because she was like, yeah, you guys wouldn't let me come in. I was ready to go night one. And you guys made me wait. So they won't even give her a throwaway line? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I haven't... There is a reason she was not in this. I wonder if it's like giving her a throwaway line. You'd be like, oh yeah, Heather. Oh, are they not going to address that whole thing? And then they were like, oh, we just don't want to even bother with the whole thing. But also just completely cutting her out. And by the way, this is out of like front on group shots. I had already written down how many players got chairs, who's in the first row, second row, and she wasn't in it. They just literally (laughs) zoomed in. They just, there's so much effort put into it that I feel like there's some for some reason and we must know why i don't know i don't know like all we have is conjecture at this point but i know this this episode was re-edited a fucking on 24 hour cycles by teams of editors as soon as the extra thing happened the next day they had editors working on this episode around the clock to make it as palatable as possible i'm not saying that she's involved in that but i'm saying intense scrutiny was applied to the editing techniques on Mm -hmm. this particular episode and she is not in this particular episode at all completely removed but i have no idea and it was strange like if they are going to do that why still use those wide shots where you can clearly see her from the back don't use those cut to something else okay what if it's eight-dimensional chess. They're like, get people talking about how we got Heather Martin out of this and not about DLH's tone. <laughs> Heather Martin's the next Bachelorette. Oh. No chance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Heather Martin. Anyway, let's now actually begin. We've gotten out of the way. I'm sure we're going to talk about the Phantom Heather Martin some more as we progress. Let's talk about DLH's first line to the women. First of all, before I say that, most women tell all. I can't guarantee that it's all, but most. DLH goes through and names the women one by one, and the women like wave, smile, but they don't name them. DLH just highlights a few that we should be paying attention to. He said, everybody's looking good. Katie, Abigail, Chelsea going blonde, presence of royalty, I see. He's commenting on how Victoria Larson is totting here she's got a crown on and by the way fantastic play if you're known for a tot or an identity bring that shit back in women till all i was very surprised to see katie thurston did not have the dildo or did she cut no you know what because they were giving her the the crown edit Mm, they wouldn't have let her have the dildo yeah i'm surprised they didn't give heather martin her pizza box maybe that's why they cut out all the names because then they would have had to say heather DLH goes to Kayla first to ask what it was like meeting Matt James. She says, exhilarating to meet him. I blacked out for a good portion of it. Abigail is in the second row, which I didn't think was a good sign for a crown edit. But she says, 
Matt was super easy to talk to. Chelsea says, I was super nervous, but I loved my dress. I'm just going to walk up here and look amazing. Great energy from Chelsea. Starting off with a great tone. Great energy from all three of these players. Nothing but good things to say about the game, the process, their experience in it. And then DLH introduces the drama and competition reel, as he (laughs) describes it. We had a lot of drama and a lot of competition. Let's take a look. And this is the reel that they always throw up front that's also known as the drama reel in prior eras, different names. The catfight reel in prior eras and where the claws come out. And the first shot we get is Matt James in the shower. And then the next shots we get are women fighting on the forced violence dates where that was the uh, wedding dresses where they're tackling each other and throwing paint on each other. The next one is literally the boxing date where we see women hitting each other in the head. And then uh, it's just a cascading series of all the different fights between the different women that had fights this season. Sarah Trott, Victoria, the five new players arriving, Victoria taking a crown off Catalina's head, MJ Varsity squad line, MJ and Jacinia on their two-on-one. It's just again and again and again, and all the nasty shit they're saying. And now we're teed up. That's what we're really here to watch is all of this drama. We get a little back and forth between MJ and Jacenia. They pretty much just re-hit all the stuff they hit on their two-on-one. We get an interesting play here by Mari. She comes to MJ's defense and said, you said MJ was being fake, but as her roommate, I know one thing. She's not fake. Fantastic play by Mari here. The defender play is one that you should practice and get very good at for the women tell all because it's a way to get screen time out of nothing. Always, there are going to be women who are pitted against each other in a women tell all. You can jump to the defense of a woman being attacked or you can gang on with the attacker. That would be an attacker (laughs) role as opposed to a defender. But here, Mari comes in, expert defender role. She's like, you know what? Say what you will about MJ, but she always owned it. She was always herself. She defends her authenticity without defending her actions. A brilliant, subtle defender Mm -hmm. play here. And again, Mari was pumping out the screen time. She pops in a few other times to do similar kind of plays. And it's like, okay, I see you. That's sand. You're getting it. She's earning her sand. She's definitely earning her sand. And for somebody who didn't really get any storylines this season, a defender attacker role in this on other people's storylines is the only way she's going to get screen time. So it's well played. MJ says, I have a strong personality. It shouldn't be misconstrued as mean. Okay. Jacenia says she has no regrets. She tells it like it is. And DLH puts a pin in this. And he brings up the next topic. He says, five new women arrived. It took a volatile situation and turned up the heat. He literally removes the subject line from this sentence. AKA the producers took this volatile situation and turned up the heat. I wrote that line down in bold, italic, (laughs) quoted, and underlined. I couldn't fucking believe he said it. It's like, yeah, you did. 
you took a volatile situation that you created and turned up the heat. And now he's just throwing it out there like, well, the situation yeah. existed. And then this strange thing happened that, of course, this giant television production had no control over whatsoever. that those women chose to enter late and not on the real night one. And then he asked him what it was like and how contentious it was. And the producers are just never blamed. And I'm like... At this point, when shit is this obvious and these players are now talking about what it was like, all of the players are either like company manning a little bit here, like they're just acting by not saying, well, yeah, the producers really fucked us, or they don't see it that way. One of those two things must be true. I mean, I think it's company man slash edited out. DLH goes to Ryan first, representing the new women she says it was very uncomfortable. There was a lot of disrespect. And the minute Victoria took that tiara off Catalina's head, it had gone too far. Mari, again, defender line here, says Victoria's a girl's girl. Makes jokes at the expense of others, is sometimes getting too far. And calling other women disgusting or a slur is not okay in any circumstance. She's defending all women here. She did defense to attack. It was a fucking transition. I didn't even see it coming. She was like, Victoria is just a funny girl. And I'm like, she's fucking going to defend Victoria and then turns it straight to an attack. Nope. But what you said was bad, though. Holy shit. How did she do that? Attack and defense of the same person simultaneously. I'm telling you, Maury was playing a Where fucking was this player during the season. Probably in the fucking editing room floor with Heather Martin shows. Yeah, I, I was very impressed by what Maury was able to do tonight because I, do, I think it got her sand. I mean, a good portion of these women will get sand because unlike the men, they're not competing with a second season before Beb. I mean, they are competing with Pilot Pete's women, but... Yeah. They're competing with the fucking most intense competition they've ever faced. Are you kidding me? If Hannah Sluss wants to come to sand... But there's two rounds of men. Claire's men and whoever's men is next and they have themselves and pp's season i guess so pp season is just so long ago that i feel like they have an advantage but pp season was another lifetime yeah but it has the biggest tiktok player madison pruitt you want to see what katie thurston can do against madison pruitt on sand i do i mean yeah obviously i want to see that we might ryan goes back and forth with victoria hearing yourself called a ho dancers aren't hoes um defense the arts community and victoria keeps going on this line do you think you're super sensitive i've been getting memed about my swollen eye and my bra strap so i'll go and post something wearing my bra strap and laugh it off are you just an emotional person which i thought was a very interesting bit of dialogue she's like ryan why aren't you turning the whole thing into good parasocial play like me i know i exactly i was thinking the same thing she's like she's telling her her parasocial strategy basically like here's how you deal with that you make a joke out of it and then fuck everybody it was an interesting moment for sure but she essentially was insulting her for <laughs> having an emotional reaction to like well, a terrible fucking thing that happened on the show. It, and it's also wild because then Victoria comes back and has her own emotional <laughs> breakdown at the end of this episode. So it's like, okay, you're sensitive also, Victoria. It's okay. Yeah, Victoria was kind of all over the place tonight. Her play did not have a strong strategy. She did not stick to it if she did. 
I don't know that she needs help to get on Paradise. I think she's got an open invitation, but if she was on the bubble, I don't think tonight's performance helped. I think she's 100% going to be in Paradise. She had some of the most screen time of the season. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think she could have like... The decision was already made is what I'm saying, and I don't think she did anything tonight to sway it one Mm. way or another. Yeah. It was just kind of an erratic, all-over-the-place performance. A couple of little defender plays in here by Kit and Chelsea. Kit says Ryan was called horrible things. She has a right to how she feels. Chelsea says it's not fair to downplay and call her sensitive. And Victoria says, I've been called way more horrible things on the internet, and I brush it off. I was called a bully on TV. And then portion two opens with a clip of Victoria and Katie fighting. The line, if you want to express yourself with a dildo, you can go ahead and do that, is uttered. And we see this clip played in a light blue frame on screen with these 3D hearts flying around in the background. This is the first time we get that visual motif that they're going to use for every clip, which is a new look. Very usually, it's like kind of a brown, golden, warm background. This was Uh kind of like a cold, weird candy vibe. I don't know what they were really doing. It's a new look for them. I just noticed it. That's all. I thought it was interesting to start the segment with a a clip. I was like, are they putting these on... (laughs) Everything in my mind was a conspiracy towards the re-editing of this woman doll. And I was like, are they putting these clips on to add to the time to take less time from, to take more time from Chris Harrison? Yes. Because usually when you come back in from commercial, the first thing you see is the Dark Lord. And he's telling you like, welcome yeah. back. This person did this and they did this and blah, 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 blah. Those things that they're showing, those scenes like should have been in reels. They just plucked a scene out of mm-hmm. each reel to open each portion with. I think it was specifically to cut down DLH's time. DLH asks Katie what it is like to look back on these things that she just saw. And Katie says, it sucks to watch Victoria call her disgusting again and again. And Victoria says, you know what? Name calling was unacceptable. But we're all getting our lives picked apart now online and it's a learning experience and she did the best she could do. But she does say, I'm so sorry, at the end of this rambling sentence. And Katie says, I accept your apology if that gives you peace. And then Katie says something here. She says, I know some of you guys are experiencing backlash right now and that's your own karma. I want to move on and hope the best for everyone. And this was my... Error, 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 error of the game. Katie had a pretty flawless uh, (laughs) bid for crown here. I think she was being helped by the producers as well in terms of her edit and in terms of the reel that they showed for her. But this line about saying that the women are getting karma for this, that that what they did on the show deserves what they're getting now, which I'm imagining is an unbelievable amount of hatred and vitriol online. It just seemed it, it was a, it was a misstep (laughs) for sure. And also it ends up having bachelor nation, darling Chelsea coming back saying it's all karma coming back on us. Everybody doesn't deserve the attacking that they're getting online. And then Katie has to backtrack and she says, I think death threats are unacceptable. I think body shaming is unacceptable, but we all said what we said. No one made you say anything. And some of you can't accept what you did in the house. 
she gets into this whole thing with Chelsea. That part of it is what made me think it's not quite an error. I agree with you. The karma thing, like there's no reason to say it. It's just going to get you into a trap here. But then when she comes back and says, we all said what we said, that's essentially praising the producers and the process. Like they can't make us look so bad that it's not us. You did those things. And if people are pissed about them, that's on you for doing them. So there was this implicit kind of allegiance to the show. Their lines do get Frankenstein together. So it's like. Yeah, it was a little bit of a company man play. Maybe you didn't say, maybe you didn't say exactly what it was and don't deserve that karma. Yeah, but I mean, what she's conveying with that line is I am with the show. I'm with the producers. Mm. Fair. So I don't know. It had a good, good component and a bad component. Chelsea asks her, what did I do? You're lumping everyone in together. And Katie talks about how this drama overshadowed good people like Kayla who went home and calls out Chelsea, you're friends with a lot of the girls who were the problem, so that's how you're blind to it. You said bullying is such a strong word. Is the house really toxic? And then Chelsea says the house was not toxic until you made it toxic, causing this domino effect. And I'm like, the house certainly seemed toxic in the edit. <laughs> this whole conversation made me think I have no fucking idea what actually happened this season because it seemed yes. like a lot of players were really pissed at Katie and I didn't get that from the edit in the season, which also then mm-hmm. leads me to believe she's a bachelorette or at least at some point right. they selected her as bachelorette because if she was pissing this many people off and I didn't see any of it in the fucking season, it's like... They're cutting some shit out. They're making her look. We saw Serena C and Victoria, but Mm -hmm. that's all I can remember. Mari jumps into this conversation too. She gets a little attacker on when she comes at Katie saying she went after Sarah Trot harder than anybody and Katie tries to explain herself and Mari comes back with this, you know, excuse me, I'm still talking just pure dominance, steamroll play. And she says, how can you come back from one conversation with Sarah Trot and have a totally different attitude about her? After hearing her story and Katie's like, yeah, because I heard her story. It was a wake up call. It made me change my mind. It's called growing and learning. But Mari truly inserted herself into this conversation in a way that I thought was, again, look at me. I'm right here. I need to be on that sand very soon. I think it's working. Yeah. And I think that her pageant training really helped her in this. She's very media trained. Katie defends causing this domino effect quote unquote by saying I was being who I believe I am outspoken it was my last straw I have to live in this house for up to two months it sucked I owed it to Matt to let him know my opinions Kayla says this thing I'm not going to shout if it doesn't affect me take cues from the women it does affect yes you can make space for people but you have to uplift their voices first it was owed a dialogue like Chelsea was asking the new players and to allow the ability for people to hash it out. And then we get to the first hot seat. This is going to be Brittany Galvin. DLH says it's one of the craziest rumors that he's heard in 20 years of doing this show. It has enveloped Brittany and her entire journey. And then portion three begins with Brittany in that hot seat. Wait, can we just talk about that line by DLH being like, that's the craziest thing I've heard in 20 years? He literally kicked off rosalind papa week one of jake pavelka's season for hooking up with a producer allegedly that's not crazier 
how about hearing that Jed Wyatt had a girlfriend the day before he started shooting? And then they let him, knowing that, they let him propose to Hannah Brown. That's not crazier? Whatever. He, it's the most dramatic season ever, <laughs> every time. He's always going to give us these hyperboles. Yes. You're right. And then portion three begins, and Brittany is in the hot seat. DLH says you were attacked and accused of being a high-end escort. A devastating rumor to hear for sure, much less on network TV. Then we get the Brittany reel, and we see everything that she did in-game, starting with the kiss on the red carpet with Matt James, all the way up to Anna Redmond calling her sketchy, and the famous entertaining men for money line is uttered. We see their whole fight, and Brittany then telling Matt about the rumor, and her famous line, I didn't sign up to be bullied and harassed. In fact, you did. That's the contract you signed with The Bachelor as a TV show where they can erase your civil rights, and then we come back to the studio. DLH asks... Are you okay? Brittany says, it's just kind of disappointing. You see me come in as a strong, confident, smiley girl. The first 24 hours, I was completely torn down. Never felt so low like that my entire life. And DLH goes, since going home, what's the impact been? And I just all, I mean, this whole segment, everything he's asking her, it's like you are completely responsible for this being aired. For every moment of it. So to act like something happened to her that has nothing to do with you is so wild. And the players are acting like it has nothing to do with them either. Again, the producers chose to air this. We just watched an episode tonight in which they removed an entire person. You don't think they could have (laughs) cut out a fucking rumor? Of course they could have. They chose to use it as a storyline. They destroyed Brittany Galvin's life for ratings. And we watched. This is the nature of being complicit. This is what it is to be a fan of the show. It is to watch this shit and still come back to comment on it, to have some opinion on it, to bear witness to what this fucking show is, which truly is an emotional Hunger Games. That line, she said, it's disappointing because you see me come in as a strong, smiley, confident woman. In the first 24 hours, I was completely torn down. That is the thesis of the show. They take 30-plus strong, smiley, confident women, and they try to completely tear them down as quickly as they can. And in Brittany's case, it was 24 hours. She says that when she first got back, she didn't want to be around her family. It was hard to text her friends back. She produces tears here. She says, now when you Google my name, the first 20 results is Bachelor contestant Brittany Galvin accused of being an escort. She says, nothing wrong with that industry. It's just not me. I didn't sign up to get bullied, to get my name slandered forever in association with my name. It's really fucked up, and I have to constantly defend my name from now on. I received an apology, but Anna had weeks to reach out to me, and I didn't get any of that. She calls out Anna here for not having reached out to her since the show. That's pretty bad, right? (laughs) Why wouldn't Anna have done this? It would have come off very 4TR, 4TRR if she could say, oh, yeah, we've repaired the friendship since then. I'm going to go with Matt James on this. I've never been through this experience. I don't know what the fuck that is like for any of these players to come out of this show, right. get your phone back, turn it on, and it's just an inbox full of death threats. I have no fucking idea what that's like and how that might affect right. you wanting to reach out and apologize to the person that you know, you did some transgression against that is now getting you the death threats. Do you try to distance yourself from that? I have no fucking idea how to handle any of that shit psychologically, 
but I agree with you. That would have been a better move. <laughs> Just in terms of play. <laughs> yes, that would have been a little better. Anna says, nothing I can say justified what I did. There's no reason to take down another woman without thinking of the consequences. Still, after watching the aftermath, I'm a hundred times more sorry. And she's getting a little glimmer of that hate and can't imagine what it's like to be you. It was a ball that kept rolling. Everything I did in the situation was wrong. I feel like Anna handled this part of it well, though, just being like fully contrite. She doesn't try to justify it with any excuses. Yeah, totally. I But I felt that even in the show. Even when she was having her final conversation with Matt James and saying, this isn't who I am, et cetera, et cetera. I believed her at that moment. And then I thought Brittany handled this very well, too. She's like, I don't want people to destroy your life as well. That's not her intent. She says she understands saying mean shit. And uh, she has some things she wishes she could take back in her past. She's done it, too. And she doesn't want people to hate anyone. She sympathizes with Anna and she accepts her apology and she says words can really affect you. She said, I don't want people to feel bad for me and I don't want Anna to be hated on. And I want to address people working in the sex working industry. Don't let someone tear you down for that. I believe that everyone deserves love and nobody's life is worthless because of their occupation. This was the first hot seat after she has just been traumatized by the show and this experience. And I thought Brittany handled it incredibly well. She comes off benevolently for TRR, telling people not to attack Anna, defending sex work, saying sex work is work. And it was sympathy and empathy and her best possible audition for crown and that's why this first hot seat was my play, 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 play of the game. It was a fantastic fucking hot seat. Do not get me wrong. It was pretty flawless. It was not my play of the game, but it was it was definitely my top two. I thought Brittany played this as well as she could have. And... Uh, came across very 4TRR I thought yeah I was not expecting to in my <laughs> working list in my head of potential crowns I wasn't thinking about Brittany and I saw this and I was like holy shit she did so well I don't think the show whatever <laughs> I don't think the show is there yet but fantastic work Brittany yeah I think she'll definitely be on sand and that is how Portion 3 concludes. And before we begin Portion 4, please enjoy this word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Football is back. And the best bet you can make is downloading the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It doesn't matter if you're new to gambling or an old pro. FanDuel has something for everyone. And as an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you know your bets are safe. There's also never been a better time to use FanDuel because right now you'll get up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. You can even turn a small wager into a big payday with a same game parlay bet. Just sign up with the promo code Spotify to place your first bet risk-free on FanDuel Sportsbook. Download FanDuel today. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
And then portion four begins. DLH introduces a reel of things we never got to see, which includes footage from the missing day portions of several group dates. What's in the box was one of the dates that we got to see. It's a bunch of different bugs in boxes, and the players are forced to put their hands in the boxes to get rings, Indiana Jones style, as these boxes full of killer African cockroaches and flesh-eating worms crawl all over their hands. This is how you find love, of course. DLH then asks them, who had the worst experience? That's a question that he likes to Laughing. say. I wrote, he said, ha ha, who had the worst experience? <laughs> In the prior hot seat with Brittany Galvin, he goes, I'm very sorry that the light you had was put out in a sinister manner. He loves this shit. <laughs> then we see footage from a part of the squirrel date, which of course I'm very interested in, that we didn't get to see, where the women are eating pancakes and drinking beer, and DLH says, we had a bunch of amazing women eat like a stack of pancakes and try to chug a keg of beer. <laughs> Ben Higgins presides over this portion of the date, just as he did the other squirrel fun that we saw. And he's like a drill sergeant, hovering over all the players, screaming, demanding that they eat these pancakes. It's the fucking most surreal (laughs) shit I've seen in a while. And we see Victoria is dumping pancakes on the ground. She says, there's literally no rules. (laughs) I'm going to cheat to win. She's the Kelly Flanagan of this season fucking perfect play i really wish we would have gotten to see this and analyzed it in the course of the season she's pouring beer on the ground and it looks like in this reel they put a burp noise over abigail that she did not actually generate i found that interesting what you think that was a fake burp yeah i rewound it a few times you know what that was a 4trr tone edit Ooh. to try to make her more endearing she's grounded she's a little goofy yeah. I could see that. We also see another cut date where the women are all blindfolded as they count and play hide and go seek where Matt James goes and hides behind a tree. We see a creature, a deer, not my creature of the week. This deer was not my creature of the week either. <laughs> but this hide and seek date ends with a big hot tub and everybody finds their way to it except kit they do a little funny bit about her wandering through the forest alone despite there being a team of producers with her and camera people who could tell her exactly where the hot tub is at any time she says i have no concept of time i get it he's a great hider and dark lord harrison in real time february 4th 2021 says you're a city slicker <laughs> As though he owns a ranch and rides around on cattle all day. It's like you live in Sherman Oaks (laughs) in a fucking mansion, dude. You're also a city slicker. Just FYI. Uh, (laughs) This man's concept of his own self is fascinating. Kit says, I don't do the woods. I love that she's just sticking to this branding. It's part of what I think has made Kit so successful in the parasocial game. And then he intros a kind of another fear factor portion of this date where they all have to drink raw eggs. And we see Kit shoots her raw egg over the shoulder. Nice little cheating component. And then 
DLH tells us that Katie's going to be getting the next hot seat in the next portion. That is portion five. It opens with Katie skateboarding and Matt James showing her how to do it in a little clip. We come out of that and DLH describes Katie as the gift that kept on giving and asks her to the hot seat. Sorry, I think we need this whole DLH line. He says she stepped out of the limo with a... Well, special gift for Matt that sent shockwaves through Bachelor Nation. Do you get it? No. It's a vibrator. Please explain it to me. I don't get it. Do you remember when he said that? Oh, God. We'll get... You just gave me PTSD. <laughs> we'll get to. DLH talking about Matt James's boner. Oh, God fuck. damn we'll get it. To it. This, shit, this was one of the craziest women to all of them <sighs> all time. I know. It didn't even have I, like oh, huge man. fights or anything. There have been some other like super crazy fights in the history of Women Tell Alls. Yeah. But this shit, like the tone of it was weird. The boner was weird. They put, we'll get to it, but just a little tantalizing. Yeah. They put a fucking cartoon like noise on his fucking boner. What? I missed that. Like Abigail's burp? Yes. He's like, I got. Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Foley Let's guys keep... were just going wild with this episode. <laughs> yeah. Okay, back to Anything. portion five. Any sound you can put we're in. We're not even halfway done. <sighs> Any sound. <laughs> Katie comes on down to hot seat number two. DLH says you showed up with a magic wand. You guys had a great connection. Then we see reel six, a heartbreak reel for Katie. Which I don't think we've ever seen a heartbreak hot seat given to the person who places 11th place before. Never seen it. Never seen it. Generally, it's top five, maybe six. Yeah, you might be able to squeak in one if you're six. And her head is in a little box watching all of the memories go by of this journey that she's just completed. And we see she's working up some emotions. We see her eyes begin to get wet. We see the formation of a tool that we call tears in our beloved game. And this <laughs> tear play was my... Play, 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 play of the game. What we're about to watch when we come out of that clip is nothing short of the crown being placed on her head. Now, I don't know where we stand now, but in this moment when they shot this, she was the fucking crown. And these tears that she has conjured here make everything she's about to say more for TRR, just as they do in game. Tears serve the same function here that they do in game. It makes whatever you're about to say next more sincere, or it can punctuate the shit you just said and make that more sincere. So by opening with this, we are already on her side. Everything that we have seen in these prior fights she was in with Chelsea and Victoria, that has all gone away. Now we're just watching somebody who had their heart broken, who is still very emotionally affected by it, and everything she's about to say is all that matters now. Beautiful palate cleanser. And again, it's setting her up for what is about to be the hardest fucking crown edit I've ever seen in my life. Yes. <laughs> um, I was astounded at the tears. It was my runner-up for play of the game. We saw a few tears throughout this episode, but these were so well-timed 
as you're saying, leading into her strong crown play. Katie then starts saying this was the hardest thing she's ever done. And the one thing that kept her going was her connection with Matt. She says she was so confident because she wasn't paying attention to the other relationships in the house. And she knows her personality is a lot to handle. And for him to accept it, that's what you want in a relationship. She's compromised before. And this was the first time she didn't have to do that, which is why she was so shocked. Fucking beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. The process is praised here. This is the first time that I've actually felt like I believe I should feel in a relationship. I did that here on The Bachelor in this process. But I got too caught up in it to realize the other players were ahead of me. I was too for TRR to even know a game was being played. It's fucking incredible. The <laughs> subtext of what she's saying. I know I'm a lot to handle. Oh, are you bold like Hannah Brown? Is that what you mean? But for him to accept it, that's exactly what you want. I know what love is. I've experienced it. And I'm going to experience it again. She finishes that off by saying that she has, in the past, compromised her personality to fit the needs of a guy that she was with. And it was so easy with Matt. That's why she was so shocked. I thought this was such a strong line because it's so... I think a lot of people can identify with that concept of trying to compromise yourself to be in a relationship and thinking that you need to change in order to be lovable. This had a little bit of a, I thought it was unlovable vibe until I met Matt. A la Ben Higgins. And then DLH teaser up for the next part of her bachelorette speech. Do you feel like you need closure from Matt? Watching it, she says, she gets where he's at. It sucks because timing's everything, and watching it back, she didn't think she stood a chance after she saw the other players advancing. But it's hard, because she's 30 years old, and she wonders why she's single. Part of it, maybe it's her. Matt was the first person she was able to be 110% herself with, and it's tough, but she's hopeful her person is still out there. She says, I get why Matt James kicked me off. I'm over that. And I know my person is still out there. Well, do you? DLH then says, huh, well, do you know what you want? And this is the next <laughs> piece of the Bachelorette speech. Yeah. A softball. She's like, of course I know what I want. She's confident in herself and she's just missing her person. So it's all teed up there. I had a great emotional experience. I learned about myself. I'm okay with the breakup. I now know what I want. I'm not going to compromise. My, I have a big personality, she says at one point in there. It's a lot to handle. This is, I mean, textbook bachelorette. Every fucking point of it. To be fair, it is easy when DLH is asking you questions that he's not asking in any of these other hot seats. He doesn't ask the other women that... The other women like, oh, well, do you know what you're looking for in a partner now? Hint, hint, hint. Let's future cast for what your potential bachelorette season might look like. Yeah. I mean, I do think it. this was handed to her on a platter, this interview, but she also knocked it out of the park. Oh, totally. Totally. She knocked everything out of the park, except maybe that one karma line. But again, I think bought back. Yeah, except my error. <laughs> That's only because I have a very high standard for her play. Yeah. I feel like her loyalty is no longer to that second audience. Those players not meaningful to her anymore. Now her loyalty is to the producers. Mm. She is the 
at that point, I believe she knows that she's the crown. Until they announce it, though, it's never set. I know. But, I mean, you, you get that call. Katie, this is the Dark Lord. Ring, ring. You want to be the Bachelorette? What? I won? Oh, my God. You know, we we see that. They play the footage of that, <laughs> usually in the beginning of Bachelorette. Yeah. She got that call. Oh, I'm sure that conversation is recorded. Portion number six begins with an interesting reel. It is another deleted scene slash blooper-esque type conversation. It is Abigail asking Matt James how old he was when he had his first kiss. And he describes this story, I think, when he's in seventh grade and he bit a girl's lip and it was gushing blood. And for me, this answered a lot of questions. I was like, now we know why he kisses with his eyes open. He had a childhood IFI where he drew blood during his first kiss. So now he's just super focused on not creating injury, (laughs) which I appreciate. And then we come out of that clip and DLH asks Abigail to hot seat number three. We get the Abigail reel and then back in studio, Abigail says, that's not fun to watch. It never is, Abigail. Never is. That's why they play it. They want you to be as uncomfortable <laughs> and emotionally injured as possible in the hot seat. DLH asks, what happened? She got the FIMP. She said she was given so much assurance that uh, as the season wore on, they grew apart. She came into the process not believing in love at first sight, But that first night, meeting Matt James was the closest she's ever come to it. Praising of the process here. Another good Bachelorette move. Dale Moss move. She says he had all the qualities she was looking for, and she felt very confident for a hometown. By the way, she said she was on her way to falling in love. This is a post-mortem love level two. And she says there will always be a big what if. If they had that much attraction initially, enough to get the fimp, of course, she means, what would have happened if they had a whole day together? Could she have been up there in quotes with the front runners, she says. So she's lamenting about her season of play, thinking maybe she could have made it a little further had she just been given a one-on-one date. AKA, give me more screen time. And then DLH brings up the conversation she had with Matt James about having children and the likelihood that they might also be deaf. And this ultimately leads to DLH saying that her appearance in-game had a big impact on the deaf community. She explains... That she's kind of in a gray space in the deaf community. While she was born deaf, she has had cochlear implants and can now hear and speak. So while she's a member of the deaf community, she is not a member of the deaf with a capital D community, she says, because she can hear and speak. Sorry, I think we should just clarify. She's not deaf with a capital D, she says, because she doesn't use sign language. And then DLH has a little screen behind him and he puts up some of her tweets that she's been getting. These positive tweets that are inspirational. Have we seen that? No. Positive tweets? No. Usually they just put up horrible tweets and they say, respond to this and cry. That'll be on after the final (laughs) rose. But here we get these inspirational tweets. And it's like, you know, as shitty as this season has been for a wide fucking variety of reasons, I do... Every once in a while, I like to focus in on the good things that are happening in the game that actually do give me some hope that this fucking behemoth we need of it. a media company we fucking need can it right be now. drug into progress. <laughs> and it's like, 
<sighs> on its face, like whatever's happening in the season, on its face, first Black Bachelor, first season of over half the players are not white, and this. They show this in the Women Tell All, saying that as a person mm-hmm. from the deaf community, you are an inspiration to anyone else who has somebody in their life or they themselves are in the deaf community and all of these positive messages are coming in and it's this is a fantastic fucking moment i'm sorry i know it's all overshadowed yeah. by dark lord harrison don't have to apologize all this shit but like i don't know i just really like this and it's like fuck man they can do this and they don't they do it for 10 fucking seconds in the middle of an episode yeah. and then the rest of it is about like now all of you reenact the fights that we made you have in the season ha 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 I mean, I learned so much from Abigail just in this short period of time. I didn't know there were all these differences in the deaf community between capital D, lowercase d, etc. And I agree with Abigail. What would we have gotten to see if she had had a one-on-one date? If they do make her the crown. I don't know what's happening with Katie Thurston. This hot seat to me was like, is she a fucking crown? Like it was a pretty good crown edit too. Yeah. I think it's possible. It was definitely i do think it's possible the bachelor instagram page also posted a picture of her in her hot seat alone and i was like that's an indicator interesting time will tell and it's a very short amount of time we're going to be getting that bachelor announcement i feel like in a week they're just trying to to time it out right yeah so it's going to be all 30 new guys on her season are going to be (laughs) unleashed like as soon as the uh after the final rose starts airing literally at the same moment to try and distract everybody go look at your phones yeah exactly go watch this abigail points out that disability isn't always romanticized in media and dark lord harrison gives her again crown lead up i know you were here actually looking for love confirming she was for trr And he says to that end, where are you now? Which is kind of like what he asked Katie of like, what would you be looking for? And she says that she's a much better version of herself, like Katie said as well. And she's excited to share that with whoever wants to share that with me. Future casting, making the fourth audience picture what that perfect soulmate might be for Abigail, who they would cast on her season. Yeah, fantastic performance from Abigail. Really like you can't do a hot seat much better than that. And then portion seven begins with hot seat number four. This is Piper James. DLH says that hers was on what he calls the shocking goodbye scale. And we get a Piper reel. <laughs> we learn he has his own terminology and scales for things secretly. <laughs> <laughs> and then back in studio, DLH asks her what was going through her head when she's watching that? Is she just as shocked now as she was in the moment? And she says it was hard to leave. DLH asks her, how does she feel now? And she says her harsh words upon leaving, I don't even care anymore, was actually just her trying to deflect in the moment. She was emotionally overburdened. And she says she was definitely in love with Matt. This is a post-elimination LL4. And they get a fucking conversation here. Where Piper essentially says, I couldn't fucking believe this was happening. Like, you want to talk about the professional era? You want to talk about players listening to our podcast and being in the fucking show? You want to talk about the regorification of The Bachelor? 
I'm talking about the complete gorification of The Bachelor. This is step one. <laughs> I don't have proof of any of this, except what <laughs> this I'm watching on screen. But uh, Piper here... We never have proof. I mean, we should just blanket say that. Say that. <laughs> we never have proof for any of the things that we're saying. I have circumstantial <laughs> evidence, Your Honor. That Piper here is talking about the difference in love levels. She said by the time she gets to her one-on-one, she told Matt James she was falling in love, but she was really in love. She's saying, I understand the difference between LL3 and LL4, and I should have raised it to LL4. She even understands that it was a mistake not to do it. Not only that, she says that the not raising it to love level four was because it was an extra wall protecting her and that she kept that wall up, that the easiest thing to vocalize was I'm falling in love with you, but you can't have all of my happiness kept that wall up of not saying I am in love with you. I have chills. As do I. I mean, this is just open gameplay speech right there talking to fucking Dark Lord Harrison about it. And he's just nodding. "Mm, Yep, sounds good. It was amazing. And I hope that we see more shit like this. I think we will in the very near future. I mean, professional era, all of these hot seats are good. Like Piper comes off super for TRR. She's the second person to say that she focused on her relationship so much that she got blindsided, that she blindsided herself. And DLH is like, well, you said you didn't care when you left. And she's like, obviously I cared. The tears were real. She says the tears were for TRR, not fake tears, not for TWR tears. Um, And I do, it's a, it's a colorful line. I love that, that line about, my entire soul was stomped on. I'm excited to see her in touch sand. Oh, me too. I think she's going to be fantastic on sand. I cannot wait. Mm-hmm. But then we start portion number eight. And it has a clip of Serena and Matt James back on the donkey date. This donkey got a fucking reprise performance in the women till all. And he ain't done yet. We'll get to it. But... Here. A vet on a second tour. <laughs> he is. I was like, that motherfucker got the creature of the week and he's back. And I was like, I'm going to have to give it to him again. And then really later, you have to give it to him again. Uh-huh. But not yet. Just a little teaser here. And we come out of that clip. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> we we come out of that clip and DLH brings Serena P up to hot seat number five and he asks her about her leaving the show. DLH says... At one point, I thought it was going to be you. I thought you were going to be the winner. Basically, he's saying, you had all the makings of a champion, but you fucked yourself. Before that, he says, usually, we've had players leave the show of their own accord before, but usually it's long before hometowns, before overnights. They literally had Brendan leave after his hometown date last season. Does anyone watch the show besides me? (laughs) He just says whatever he wants Literally to say. Literally happened last season. DLH is dialing it I, in. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He is. Gentle tone. Then we get this heartbreak reel for Serena P. And she conjures tears in her hot seat. I mean, how for TRR is that? She self-eliminated and conjures tears. And she essentially says she felt great going into Hope Towns. She wanted reassurance from her family. But. That didn't quite work. And DLH says, you were hoping for your family's support, but you didn't get it. He's literally now talking about the glow. He says, you were hoping they would be like, I can see you're in love. He literally spells it out. That's the definition of the glow. 
And Serena paints a picture of it all kind of falling apart when she talks to her mom, who brought her a bunch of clarity and helped those seeds of doubt to grow into a giant tree that would make her leave the game. DLH asks her if there's any part of her that's conflicted about her decision, and she says it was super difficult. She cares about Matt James still so much, and the last thing she ever wanted to do was to hurt him, and losing him is one thing, but knowing she could be hurting him by saying was the cherry on top of all of it in regards to her feeling hurt and guilty. And she would have been doing him a disservice in staying because she wasn't 100% in love with him. And that's really praising the process. Says she only wishes him the best. And this is a great hot seat. We don't get any questions from DLH about what she sees in her future or if she's ready for love again, which means I don't know if she's in contention for the crown. She ain't in the running. I think she's too young, but she could do a bip and come back. Portion number nine. (laughs) We get hot seat number six. Matt James comes out. Someone, I believe it is Piper, says James Harden in the building. And DLH laughs and says it back to Matt James and says, The beard, bold choice. I think it's a bold choice of DLH to fucking comment on Matt James's hair. You know what else was a bold choice? Ugh. What? The intro music they played for Matt James. Did you notice it? No. I never noticed the sounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I couldn't tell you if there was any music playing during any of this. Okay. <laughs> what? You hear them like, talking. I never noticed shit, when people right? like that movie had a great soundtrack. I'm like, I there was music playing. I just okay, huh? It's I'm sh- probably I'm probably affected on a subconscious level, but I just don't. Yeah. They had whatever for, for Matt James. <laughs> I'm flawed. They played a bunch of like um, it was this kind of like you know hard nosed tough guy guitar music like it was like an electric guitar mm. like yeah he's a cool guy kind of thing. It was very weird. What do they usually play? For Bachelors? Probably for Pavelka, they played On the Wings of Love. Uh, probably. It's usually more like fanfare kind of sounding. Anyway, just something I notice. Hmm. But DLH makes him explain the beard, and he says he came out of this experience a wiser man, and alludes to the fact that a beard, of course, goes along with wisdom. And DLH says, I like, I like it. That. I like the beard. Thank you for your approval, Dark Lord. And he asks him how he's doing. Matt James says he's never had to address so many women that he's dated like this before. This is a very common lead phrase. They will all say this as soon as they sit down. Well, it's all my ex-girlfriends. Well, this is weird. Can't believe this. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but this is the show. You know this is going to happen when you sign up for it literally every time. Like, this is definitely going to happen. <laughs> Dealage says a lot of firsts this season. He won't name them, and he asks Matt James what his approach is. And Matt says, well, nothing can prepare you for when you're thrown out there. Someone's holding a big vibrator, but then you get the pizza truck, the North Carolina truck. It made me less nervous. And DeLeach is like, you're not privy to everything that happens. Watching back, are you surprised at the level of drama? And Matt says, a little surprised. I expected a certain amount of that. Serena C. says here, to Matt, I hope that watching us doesn't make you see us in a bad light as bad people or being mean. And Matt says, I'm not a perfect person. 
I don't think you're a bad person. And he says to Victoria, Victoria, I know your heart. And we get a little speech from Victoria here. I'm so grateful for the experience. I learned a lot. I'm grateful for you. It's hard watching the show back. I was involved in drama. It was a hard learning experience. I could have had a shot of more of a romance. I saw you said I needed to self-reflect. I have no words for her. And I felt like I had done my best to open up. And I have this tremendous fear of rejection. That's why I did this dramatic exit. That's why I did my BOG, my Blaze of Glory. I was going through levels of pain. And she conjures tears here. We all got opinions about Victoria Larson. She's a good player. I know her strategy was just one of the most aggressive, if not the most aggressive in the history of the game. She's able to conjure tears when needed. She gets Matt James to give her a fucking apology in this. I'm sorry if I said anything that made you feel bad. Thank you. I needed that apology. She became a victim. She went from bully to victim in the narrative of this show. That is not easy to do. And I believe she did it in this moment. She's definitely on sand. I cannot wait to see what she does. And I thought Matt James handled this whole situation very well too. Saying in every case, I don't know what it was like for you guys. I can't put myself in your shoes. And I don't judge anything that I see on TV, which is probably the best way to view this show. And then after all that, DLH says there was one recurring issue that America had with your journey as the bachelor dot, dot, dot. And we're all cringing, waiting for what he's about to say. And, oh, it's just the, (laughs) you kiss with your eyes open complaint. And he introduces the eye open kissing reel. Uh, have we ever seen anything like this before? Them openly mocking the bachelor. Yeah. The only two things that I can remember that are slightly like this would be, on Pablo's it's okay and people making fun of Colton's kissing on Bip on Bachelor in Paradise. They did Bob Guinea's laugh too. They did a laugh reel of his in season four. Oh, really? Yeah, because he had a kind of comically mm. high-pitched laugh. But this one felt stranger, maybe because the, the activity is yeah. on its face a little hard to look at. <laughs> I don't think it's like... <laughs> Am I the only one? I'm like, I don't... Do you kiss with like, your eyes open? Is that what we're learning open? right now? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? <laughs> Look, I don't hear music and I full-on eyeball kiss. To each his own. <laughs> I'm not... I don't I know. Open I open eye kiss shaming? I, there's just cool. so much going on right now that I, that I barely noticed the kissing. I didn't notice the turtlenecks. But Matt James takes it in stride and he laughs it off. And basically says, watching it back, it does look kind of weird, actually. I never knew that it was. And DLH pulls all the women about whether they like open her fucking closed eye kissing. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's unanimously closed eye. Oh, my God. This show is just so They should have done an anonymous poll to get people's real reactions. I, it makes sense to me now that he's got that IFI in his past. Right close-eyed kissing nightmare if you close your eyes it ends in blood sorry one line before dlh does that pull he says i hate to kiss and dish here anyone brave enough to like comment on it it was just another phrase like oh the city slickers i don't know it's just 
Maybe I'm just noticing these things more now. Oh, everybody watching tonight was fucking hypersensitive to everything DLH did. Did you notice he was wearing a manly band? Maybe his last public appearance no. with a manly band. <laughs> we don't know. Oh, my God. When he said, I can't wait to be back with a studio audience at the end, I was like, yeah. Mm. Well, you're going to have to. Sorry. This is your last one. Yeah. <laughs> we'll oh, see. No. I don't, we, we still don't know what's going to happen with that, but we will cover whatever does happen with it. So as we come back into portion 10, Matt James says he learned about himself and he hopes that all the players learn from the experience too. So there'll be better people moving forward. And Abigail gets called on by DLH. She thanks him and says she has nothing but good things to say about the experience. And Matt James Piper is called on. She's grateful for their time together for pulling her into new feelings of expression, a new comfort zone. And, she just wants some closure about what led Matt James to eliminate her. And Matt James says, you can't control how the other relationships progress. Some of the other relationships were further ahead, perfectly stated by a lead. Serena P gets called on and Matt says he was happy about her conclusion. She says it was hard for her to do, but she wanted to be honest using a disservice defense here. She didn't want to do him the disservice of sticking around and stringing him on. And then, of course, DLH intros, the blooper reel. And at the beginning of the blooper reel, Mm -hmm. we see a couple of animals. It's some footage from the date that Serena P. and Matt James had where a donkey interrupted their picnic. Well, we see that donkey again. This time he's doing something else. He's running as fast as he can, straight away from the camera person, (laughs) taking shits with every step. And this shitting donkey (laughs) was my... (laughs) Creature of the week. Before this donkey does a shitstorm... The donkey refuses to eat the apple that Serena P is offering. It's a strong wall game from the donkey, refusing this apple kringle, then running away shitting. It's an epic BOG, blaze of glory, by this donkey. So this donkey was also my... (laughs) Creature of the week. In many ways, the donkey represents metaphorically (laughs) what anyone should do when they are offered an apple by an agent of the Dark Lord. You do not eat that fucking apple, and you turn around running as fast as you can, shitting along the way just to cover your tracks. The donkey had the right fucking idea. If you see a producer, a camera crew, anyone from The Bachelor anywhere near you, turn around, run, and shit. This is your only option. I can't. I can't go on. (laughs) This podcast is over. It's not. We still have a little more to talk about. So we see some players spitting out champagne. We see a bunch of bugs. Strong play. (laughs) We see a bunch of bugs attacking people. Jojo Fletcher is there. She gets attacked by a bug. Tasha and Jojo are eating lunch with Matt. They eat spicy food. Brittany can't pronounce compartmentalizing. They cut a scene with Jojo and Tasha out also. We see people falling, people stepping on their gowns. 
Heather Martin makes an appearance on camera in a blooper piece of footage of a camera guy falling over during the scene she was shooting with Matt James. We then see a shot of Serena P in a bathing suit getting out of the hot they tub. They zoom on her ass. It harkened back to the days of the boob zone. This is in the dark seasons when we saw Mike Fleiss on camera saying and how their their casting process and being like, da, da, da. we take blood tests, we look at their background checks, and they gotta look good in a hot tub. And then we see just zooms of tits and ass everywhere. I feel like we haven't seen this in a while. We have not seen this in a very long time. And it led me to believe that it's not because the footage doesn't exist anymore. They're still getting these shots. They're just not putting them in the show. But here, they throw it into the fucking show. And then Matt James is about to get a towel from her. And he says, I won't lie. I need a robe before I stand up. And they play this sound effect. For his boner. I'm not shitting you. I know you don't listen to the sounds or whatever. That shit was in there. I rewound that. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? So within like a 15 second clip, you're showing me a donkey sprinting as fast as it can while it's shitting and then a boner noise. I also, I'm like, they didn't need the close up shot of the ass. It could have just been her getting out or just like, you can see that she's in a bikini out of the hot tub or something. You don't need it. I just can't believe that made the cut. Um, That's wild. They made a boner noise. And then that was it. That's the <laughs> end of the blooper reel. We come back out to the yeah, studio highlighted. and DLH is like, I don't get it. Explain that to America. Ba, 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 ba. And Matt says, ignores that, says it was an incredible experience. DLH thanks everyone. He says he misses having a studio audience. Hopefully we'll be together again soon. <laughs> oh, poor DLH. <laughs> and then we get a sneak peek oh, of the remainder of the season as DLH says his famous line for everyone who's been a part of this one. And then we see in these next clips, we are going to get Love Level Force from all three remaining players. We're going to see Matt James getting mm-hmm. a ring. We're going to see a fireworks date, a bunch of tears. Rachel is uh, losing it over him being with other women. We see Matt's mom saying love is not the be-all end-all. Matt James crying. The clip we always see, Matt James saying that he's not okay. And tucked away in there is an interaction between Matt James and his father. His estranged father. If they brought in Matt James's estranged father without Matt James wanting this to happen, I don't know. It's so exploitative. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like we. I keep thinking we're reaching new lows. I keep being like, this is the low. This is the dark moment mm-hmm. of tradition, and it just keeps getting fucking darker. And I'm really hoping that this is not the case but i don't put it past them i don't either i mean that's his dad i don't know the full story of it he hasn't seen his dad in how long i don't know he was raised by a single mom that's like what he said i don't know if there has been a late in life reunion Mm -hmm. he hasn't said i have a relationship with my dad now and it does seem like that conversation is going to be a contentious one so one of two things are true Mm -hmm. matt james is okay with it or he ain't okay with it. If he's okay with it, that's one thing. You know, maybe that he does have a relationship mm-hmm. with his dad, yeah. or maybe the show even came to him and said, hey, look, we're coming to that point where these players have to meet your parents. We can get your dad here. Do you want that to happen? And if he says yes, great. 
if it's just a straight skeleton or is it like we have had him quarantining without you knowing for a while that could be too and that's fine they fly the dad out and they're like if you want to talk to him totally great if you don't totally great too all that's fine but if they straight skeleton matt james with his fucking dad Mm -hmm. this will be i mean the most shocking skeleton play we've ever seen from the producers yeah by far i i that was my first impression of this was that it was against his will Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't i i don't know i don't know if it's against his will or not take this I can't take another thing. Slucian protocol. We know what we signed up for. This is the show. This is what they do. They did this to Becca Kufrin with her ex-boyfriend the morning after her fantasy suite with Ari. They flew him to Peru. Uh, I don't know. It wasn't Peru. That was PP, I think. I'm not sure where it was, but it was outside the country. They flew him there. To just fucking cause trouble. Peru. It was Peru. Jesus. Even when I don't know it, it's still in there somewhere kicking around. It still bubbles to the top. And they did this with uh, Cassie's father on season 23 when she was having a few doubts about Colton. They literally flew her dad in to just fucking fan the flames. And we all know what happened at the end of that season. So this would be in the lineage of skeleton plays like that i would even put it up there with victoria fuller's uh chase rice skeleton play that they did in the middle of a fucking date so we'll see what happens with it but there you have it that was the entire episode and then victoria gets uh you know made fun of pretty relentlessly in a montage of her overusing the word literally as our tag ted according to juan pablo they tried to have him come in as a skeleton on claire claire's season as well I read that also. But that does it for the women tell all of this historic season 25. A lot went down. Who was your MVP? Brittany Galvin was my MMMMVP. She had the first hot seat. She handled it extremely well i was blown away by this performance it was benevolently for trr she was telling people not to attack anna she was defending sex work to some extent um truly like put her on the map for crown contention in my mind i (laughs) if i were casting the show um i don't Again, I don't think the show is there yet. Uh, But she just, this hot seat was full of sympathy, empathy, tear play, just a very strong victimization play without attacking the process, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, she had a great hot seat. I, I take nothing away from it. But my MVP was different. Mari Pepin was my MMMMMVP. 
We had some heavy hitters tonight doing incredible play. I'm talking about Abigail Herringer. I'm talking about Katie Thurston, even Brittany Galvin. Pretty fucking impressive. But I think all of these players, whether they're going to be crown or sand, they're getting something. That's already locked for them. Tonight, the Women Tell All is really about, again, what we set up top. It's that last chance. Do something to get your sand here if you don't already have it. And I believe Mari Pepin was that player. By interjecting herself into conversations that she was not a subject of multiple times throughout (laughs) the night. She had multiple defender plays, multiple attacker plays, and she really made her presence known in a way that, let's say, Heather Martin didn't, for example. (laughs) Not that that was her fault. Heather Martin silently made her presence known. Yeah. She was the black box uh, chair play. <laughs> I just really, I liked very much what Mari Pepin did tonight. She used the women tell all for exactly what you want to use it for. She didn't get a hot seat. She wasn't ever even the subject of any of these interplayer conversations, but she was in a lot of them. I remember her from tonight and the producers are going to as well. We will see you on sand, Mari. I can guarantee it. May not be first round Ooh, sand pick. A bold prediction. But she will be there. I, I mean, I love this prediction. Well, that wraps it up. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for our coverage of this Women Tell All Season 25. We're going to be back this Thursday with This Week in Bachelor Nation, covering all the plays that the players are making in the parasocial arena, covering the different Instagram gains and losses, and talking about all of the biggest news stories in Bachelor Nation. And I know we all know there are some very big ones happening right now. So we're going to be discussing all of that Thursday. Please join us. And as always, before we go, what is that Dwabat? It has been... 6,917 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Rachel Lindsay. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, Unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.com 
Co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 